everybody to another episode of the Manual Pastors Podcast, which is usually an opportunity for you to listen in on a conversation between uh, myself, Pastor Nathan, and Pastor Theo, but oftentimes we have um, guests on from the, within the church. So uh, today Theo is on vacation, and I am going to be talking with Peter. Hey, Peter. Hey, Nathan. Thanks for coming on. This is something we've had in the queue for a long time. Yeah, uh, but I'm excited to have uh, this conversation today. Hopefully, it's helpful. Again, these podcasts are not broadcast out. We're having we have no illusions of trying to become podcasters. This is yeah. really just a it's <laughs> just just something that we've tried this year as a, just another way to stay in touch within the body, uh, provide yeah. some teaching content, and just uh, yeah, just continue to hear hear voices and. Mm-hmm. and uh, feel connected so um but yeah it's this is uh tuesday the 22nd this is episode 30 and uh, it's almost christmas time so it is yeah uh you're gonna be actually flying out in just a couple hours right yeah and have to pack and i'll leave around 12 yeah yeah and go on to where are you guys going where are you where are you going um i'll be visiting san diego area which is where my um family lives right now um so i'll be there for a couple of days um but i have to return early so i can quarantine before i can start um rotations at my school again yeah, yeah. nothing says christmas like 72 and sunny and palm trees <laughs> yeah i mean for them though it's cold right now it's like in the 50s and they think it's freezing oh, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah we're looking forward to being in northern california around new year's um for the John for the wedding. Anna's wedding. Yeah. Yeah. So um that cool. Really nice. Yeah. Well, Christmas is oftentimes thought of as a time for, you know, families to gather and and we have this sort of idea, this hallmark kind of notion of <clears throat> nuclear families and you know, kids coming down on Christmas morning and all that stuff and that's just mm-hmm not the reality for a lot of people and nor is it helpful sometimes and i think and many times the church kind of plays into some of these these pictures of the good life that um might not be the most helpful so do you want to kind of introduce our topic for today yeah um so the topic is on singleness um it's a topic that i'm continuing to learn um, I, I'm sure I still don't know everything about this topic, but at least just recently, um, yeah, I think just working through, uh, yeah, just some feelings I've had, um, mostly negative, <laughs> sometimes more often than not, I think just negative feelings I have about being single that, um, yeah, just really pushed me to, I think just seek after some biblical, biblical truth about singleness, um, to really to both find some encouragement and also just think rightly about singleness. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think it's, it's a mixture of, I think both, I think lies that I have believed about singleness. Um, and also I think just different ways more often unintentionally, but sometimes could be intentionally, uh, uh, be perpetuated. Some of these, uh, things that we think about singleness can be perpetuated by other people. Mm-hmm. Um, that could kind of make that sense of being single just a little bit worse. 
Um, but I think overall, yeah, I uh, actually picked up a book called um, The Seven Myths of Singleness, written by Pastor Sam Albury. Um, and I think it just helped me think uh, a little bit more deeply about singleness. Um, and yeah, it's been a great source of encouragement for me um, as I was going through the season. Um, and so hopefully, I think just some of the takeaway points from this book would be, um, yeah, just I think it's been helpful for me and hopefully it will be helpful for even um, people in our church, both singles and married alike. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so inspired by Sam Alberry's Seven Myths of Singleness mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then also some of your experience. Yeah. So we did a podcast earlier on in this on marriage, which is mm-hmm. a good thing, right? Yeah. And, um, but uh, but also singleness is a good thing, and yeah. uh, where where does that where does that come from? Are we just kind of saying that, or does the Bible actually actually declare that? Yeah, and I think like Pastor Sam Ellerberry actually I think prefaces this. Um, I think probably. The reason why we often, I think, probably have a more negative view of singleness is I think both the world and I think oftentimes in the church, I think we speak of like singleness kind of in the context of like what it lacks, you know, like Mm. what's absent in it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we oftentimes see it as like um, uh, singleness is like just it's the absence of the good things in marriage. And I think that's sometimes like we often perceive it that way and we speak of it that way again unintentionally and intentionally intentionally as well Mm um and so i think we often (coughs) kind of don't really even think about what actually singleness is and i think it wasn't until this book when i guess basically like i realized like oh actually the bible does talk about singleness for what it actually is um Mm -hmm. it actually doesn't talk about singleness the way we talk about it we often talk about it which is the absence of but the bible actually talks right. of it for what it is um and ultimately i think i mean again we'll probably talk about this as we continue our conversation but i think we see just in the bible that god has really given singleness as a gift with intrinsic goodness um i think that's probably the best summary of the book actually really um uh, I, and that probably i haven't read the book so yeah I'm, but i'm thinking that comes from first corinthians 7 7 yeah yeah a lot of it i think is around that verse um or that big chunk of passage yeah um, the whole chapter but yeah. this verse actually explicitly says singleness right. is a gift yeah yeah or, or there, that there's two kinds of gifts or different i mean marriage is a gift right but also singleness is a gift and paul has positive things to say about it yep yeah like for example what, what would be some of the possibilities and opportunities that singleness affords yeah, I think the biggest thing that we see when Paul describes singleness, um, I think actually, like, I think we have to, like, see it twofold. I think, like, Paul actually s- describes singleness as being spared from some of the, just kind of like the uh, inevitable kind of troubles that come with marriage. Again, mm-hmm. I think Paul doesn't speak of it as, like, a sinful thing. It's just a natural, um, just what happens um with marriage, um, mm-hmm. it's that you are divided in your attention. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas I think Paul then follows that up with actually like singleness is not just like absence of the good things. It's actually an opportunity to have complete 
undivided devotion, um, thinking about what pleases God um, and what pleases the Lord. And again, I think something to like really know is that I think Paul makes it very clear. I think some, I think, I think the world culture might, I think we often see like, I think the world sees singleness as like a means to like, you know, live for you, yourself, like right. do what's best for you. Whereas I yeah. think Paul's very clear. It's like, this is an opportunity to serve the Lord, um, right, right, not right. serve you. Yeah. Right. So I think you can make an idol of marriage and mm-hmm. then that has, that has to, we have to fight against that. Yeah. But some people make an idol of singleness and freedom. Yeah. Right. Uh, because it mean, this means I can live for myself. Right. And whether you're married or whether you're single, the goal is to, to have your whole life be consumed with living for the Lord right. and, and being selfless. So if you're married, then you have opportunities to be selfless to your spouse, yeah. to see this whole thing as just a, a picture and a pointer to the great marriage of the Lamb. Yeah. If you're single, then you have you see this as an opportunity to 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 do things that married people can't for the kingdom yeah. and to showcase uh, all kinds of other um, pictures that this this fills out in the body of Christ. So, right. I mean, I, I can think of several um, people I know and, and pastors I know that, that have um, a ministry that's I, I could just never have as somebody who's, hmm. you know, a large part of my life. I'm called to love my wife and disciple yeah. my five kids. Yeah. And that takes a lot of time. And, right. and I know people that are single that can really just do a lot more and different kinds of things yeah. uh, in ministry. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Right. Yeah. And I think that's something that, yeah, like, that's like one of the myth he talks about, like, in the book. Um, and that one of the myth is how we often perceive singleness as uniquely just a hard thing. And... And I think really the point that I think Pastor Sam Albury speaks of is realistically, like, I think both marriage and singleness have their both ups and downs. I think where we start seeing discontentment and disappointment is actually when single people might start comparing, like, the ups of marriage with the downs of (laughs) singleness. And then actually even married people alike, I think sometimes they could compare the downsides of marriage with the upsides of singleness. And that's also not good. And so... I think we often have this, like, uh, I think just that comparison then starts building up that kind of uh, discontentment, resentment. Right. That's a good word, know. contentment, right? Yeah. Wherever you are, be content. Yeah. That's the God's calling on us. Yeah. And I, I can point, I can, if you want to, if you think that marriage will make you happy and solve all your problems, uh, let's talk, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's just not true. Yeah, yeah, and he, I think, just following with that, he, Pastor Sam Elbury, like mentions in the book again. I think another myth, yeah, that we, I think, often like believe about singleness is, um, I think, just this myth that um, singleness means that like you don't experience intimacy in relationships, and. Uh, and I think that kind of ties into like even what you just mentioned of I think I think the, the society in general I think in our modern age par- particularly like the western hemisphere I think we have I think almost like just combined like the sense of intimacy completely with like only romantic relationships and so yeah. I think that's just I think we have almost like gotten to a point where we 
have just attached our personhood to sexuality and how you identify sexually, like your attraction to your, you know, romantic relationships. And so um, I think that can seep into um, even in the church where, you know, people might seek after marriage with the hopes that, you know, they could find that sense of fulfillment in marriage yet. Um, it just it's not it was not meant to be a fulfillment it's supposed right. to be a picture that points to um, how Christ loves a church and it's yeah. a beautiful picture but it's yeah. not like Christ was meant to be the fulfillment not it's always a, a means to an end yeah <coughs> the end is the glory of God the enjoyment right. of God the yeah yeah the gospel yeah hmm um, now I again I haven't read this book but I've read other books by Sam Albury I know I know about him. I know his story, mm-hmm. um, which I'm assuming he talks about in this book. That probably helps fill it out a little bit more. Which is that he he personally is someone who's same sex attracted, yeah, and believes the Bible, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and traditional Christian morality. Which means for him, uh, he doesn't see a possibility of having a marriage. Um, does but does that mean that he's then doomed to have no friends have no intimacy right yeah um similar stuff i I know rosaria butterfield talks about this a lot that if you're if you're going to ask people i mean and all the good kind of recent writers in this vein um christopher yuan west uh, wesley hill um uh, ed shaw i mean they're all saying like hey the church has to be a place if you're going to call people to celibacy Mm. um and not acting out on their their romantic you know mm-hmm. desires that are sinful um the church has to be a place where there's intimacy yeah right yeah does he talk about that yeah that, he talked that angle yeah he talks about that um yeah particularly in that chapter where he talks about how yeah the myth of how singleness doesn't mean we have intimacy and and he quotes actually a lot of some of the like quotes a lot of some of the people that you spoke of um and I think it, he uses the example actually of um, kind of like that part in Psalms actually, um, or sorry, not Psalms. Um, it's in Second Samuel when David speaks of Jonathan. Yeah. Um, he says like, I'm distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. Very pleasant have you been to me. Your love to me was extraordinary, surpassing the love of women. And this is in Second Samuel one twenty six. And I think that was like a really great, uh, verse to like mention because he kind of just mentions how I think you know if I think when the world sees this or even sometimes I'm sure people in the church when they see this verse I think just because of the how our culture is un- unable to see intimacy outside of like romantic relationships mm-hmm. I think they will see that verse and be like oh they must have had some sexual attraction with each other like right. it, it's it's hard to really detach any sense of intimacy from romantic relationship yeah Yeah, sex exactly yeah and i think the point that he makes is actually like it's not i think it's that's because of how we have been wired living in our culture yeah i think we see in the bible even as you see proverbs i think there is such a uh, a value that i think even in the field like in the realm of wisdom that i think god really has designed friendships like non-romantic friendships as 
part of living wisely in this world. Um, it, yeah. it doesn't have to. Do, it doesn't have to be about just a sexual relationship, and um, that we can yeah. actually have the same kind of closeness and life-giving um, experience of a relationship through just friendships. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be uh, just based on like you have to be married to actually experience that life-giving relationship. Um, right. And well, let's again, think about. Yeah, okay. go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say, again, it's like, I think there are very different relationships. Again, I think, I think friendships obviously will not provide the same kind of physical intimacy that you would experience, you know, in a romantic relationship or uh-huh. marital exper- um, relationship. But it doesn't mean that it's like absent of and any intimacy. You know? well, yeah. Or that if you're married uh, as a guy, you don't need other guy friends or as a, as a married woman, you don't need other women friends that yeah. can do things that your marriage can't yeah um but i was just going to say think of the the most ideal human being ever you know the person who was perfect as a full human yeah he was single (laughs) right (laughs) right and uh and and he had intimate relationships with his uh his disciples and with women yeah it's really interesting to look at the full humanity of jesus as displayed in the gospels and see you know the Apostle John leaning his head against Jesus at the Last Supper, mm. um, women washing his feet. Like he had friends, deep right. friendships. Yeah, and yeah, I was also yeah. thinking as you're talking, to, like, um, I mean, obviously, marriage has gotten all wacky in 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 our culture nowadays, and mm-hmm. um, the the very idea of you know commitment is, <laughs> I think, people still kind of think marriage should be a lifelong commitment but it often isn't mm. but yeah. but uh ideally it, it should be like someone has committed to you so yeah you're gonna have someone who's just there for you yeah and I, and i think um it's not exactly the same but i think we we also need to to rethink church membership in some ways as yeah. that kind of not the same level but definitely more than we often think about it as a yeah. type of commitment that you have people who are just going to be there for you, you know? Um, yeah. And you, yeah, maybe this yeah. gets into this. You, so the first myth was singleness is not too hard. Uh, another myth, singleness requires a special calling. The third myth is singleness means no intimacy. And yeah. then you, you told me the fourth chapter, I guess, was on singleness means no family. Yeah, I think that was probably, I actually, that was actually my favorite chapter out of all of it. I think mm-hmm. because... Yeah, I think I think you're right to even bring the topic of even church membership into this topic because, um, yeah, that I think there's a sense of, yeah, I think myth when we th- when we look at single people, I think we see them as you know just individuals without a family, right? I mean, sure, they might have parents and brothers and sisters, you know, their blood relatives like somewhere living in the country, maybe in a th- different state or you know with them, but we often don't see yeah single people as having like an actual family because they don't have like a immediate nuclear family right but mm-hmm. um sam albert actually like really brings in how jesus speaks of family um and how he sees brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and and i think i think it's just profound how and i think one of the best examples that um how jesus really just kind of he doesn't like bring something new. He just re re configures how through the work of 
um, his redeeming of like all of human like and humanity like mm-hmm. and once we become Christians um, we are no longer like I think the the priority of our familiar affiliation now is more spiritual spiritual than physical and I think a great example is um, in chapter 10 of Mark from mm-hmm. verses 28 to 30 and this is in response when you know Peter um, I think he says like you know we've left everything and followed you like so what does this mean for us and Jesus says truly I say to you there's no one who has left houses or brothers or sisters or mothers or fathers or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now and this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions in the age to come eternal life and I think so that Hmm. passage I think really just shows that you know Jesus doesn't um, say like all right once you become a Christian you just have to really just grit your teeth and like you know wait until he comes back to like find family but he says actually right now in this age we can actually if you leave your immediate family to follow him that you'll actually receive um, brothers and sisters and houses and all these things um, mm. now in this time and uh, Sam Albrecht actually mentioned something very intriguing like Jesus says this um, pretty much like with the assumption that there are brothers and sisters available, right? And mothers and children available. And who are these people? This is the church. <laughs> this is the body. Like, yeah. you know, like these are not just random people in our community. This is the the very other same, like redeemed people in the church. And so I think, yeah, again, I think this is comes into the, um, to the topic of membership because I think, I think, like, if we really were to see how Jesus sees what it means to become redeemed Christians, like, membership is more, I I mean, really, I think for really to embrace, like, what it means to be a member of a body, like, it's a really serious thing. (laughs) I think if we were to really see it as, like, how Jesus sees it, that... It's like a member of a family. Yeah, we're, like, actually a member of a family. And so, particularly for single people, I hope this could be an encouragement that you being single doesn't mean that you don't have a family. Um, in fact, that we can actually have family through the local church um, to the people in the body. And again, I think this does require work on both parts. You know, singles have to really see other people as their family too. Um, yeah. But at the same time, Patrick Sam Albury mentions how for families, this also means that you can't create this redlining of your nuclear family as kind of this only exclusive family he exhorts families to really become porous to really fold Mm. singles into their lives you know show both the good and the bad um Mm. because not just because it blesses single people but i think he really um follows with how even i guess even how paul speaks of the body that we all i think families can also benefit um, from singles being part of their lives. Um, and again, he goes into kind of even just the topic of how it's really unhealthy when um, families pretty much like only allow, um, s- you know, s- spiritual input only from just the, the parents. Um, I think it's actually beneficial when you start inviting input, um, again, with good wisdom and discernment. You don't want mm-hmm. just um, anyone to like, you know, 
bring input into your family or children's life but um just how it it could be of benefit and blessing to have you know singles Mm. be part of that family and also provide uh spiritual examples and models because just parents just cannot fulfill (laughs) right every when we have a, a baby uh uh, parental vow time when we're yeah. blessing children we have the whole body stand up and take a take a an oath of accountability to yeah. help raise these kids yeah yeah and actually i think i always get chills actually in those dedications because i, I think tr- to be truthful i think this is something i'm growing into again this is like application for me is you know as a, someone who's single I really need to take those vows seriously too because if I really see these children that are part of our church as like my family I can't take those vows like just Mm -hmm. as like a ceremony like I really need to take in mind that man these children are part of my family like Mm. um, well I've seen you do that uh, with my kids and I really really been blessed by that so yeah I'm glad (laughs) yeah but and I think I hope to continue growing in that and I hope that yeah even other singles and I think I think we've seen really good examples of yeah I think other singles are really seeing children as they're even part of their own family and um, I think I think it's such, that's such a it's not just a beautiful picture but I think that's how yeah I think the way Jesus speaks about families um, I think it's just like a very biblical picture of what it's supposed to be to be part of a church is to really just be a family um, and again, I think that goes into even if we really are family, like, you know, I mean, if we, when we think about our immediate family, there are, yeah, family members that we sometimes might get annoyed with, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. There's, there are, fa- but then, you know, you I think. You don't bail on them. Yeah. You don't bail just because you're annoyed with them. I mean, I think about how even like in Korean culture, my dad always, again, this is more just a cultural thing, but I think there's a lot of ties to how Jesus talks about families, but you know, anytime I get really frustrated with my brother, my dad always says, like, okay, I know you hate him, I know you're so frustrated, but he's still your brother, right? Like, right. And I think that's actually been a really great wisdom and example for me as I'm even approaching church membership is I think we oftentimes, I think because of our consumer um, culture, I think we want our church to be exactly how it wanted to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we, we want our... F- church family to be perfect but just realistically yeah. just as our nuclear family is not perfect like church family is not going to be perfect someone's going to really annoy you um sure. someone's going to hurt you <laughs> yeah um but yeah in many ways we're a family so so the next myth was that singleness hinders ministry we kind of yeah. touched on that a little bit but yeah anything more y- you wanted to say there no not much more um I mean, I think of um, some of the the great pastors in in church history have been single. Uh, I mentioned one on yeah. Sunday, Charles Simeon. Yeah. Um, but uh, John Stott comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, a guy named William Still. I, I remember reading one of his books, huh. and uh, and he was talking about kind of his daily routine. He basically he basically was able to to work two days within one day <laughs> uh and i was like oh yeah oh yeah he's not married that's why he could do yeah that. um yeah. who i mean well c.s lewis wasn't a pastor and he he wasn't single he, he had a brief stint of marriage very interesting mm-hmm. story but largely single most of his life um 
I'm forgetting lots of people yeah. <laughs> should have should have written them down, but I, ca- I come across them regularly. Like, oh wow, yeah, yeah, the person was single. So it's not yeah, it's not like um, a prerequisite, right? Obviously, the Apostle Paul, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean that's probably the best example. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think there's not really much more to. I think speak of that. I mean, I think I think just even First Corinthians seven. I think the way Paul speaks of singleness is such a clear, um, just explanation of how singleness does not hinder ministry. I think Paul's very clear that it actually you you benefit from being single if right. you are talking about ministry. So the body needs this. Yeah, we need singles in the body for the body to be healthy. Yeah, um, it's not just a place to try to match everybody up. Yeah. And like, yeah. oh, poor, poor you. How, yeah. c- how can I set you up with somebody? So yeah. You can, so you can be fulfilled. Like, no, like, oh, we we need you. Yeah. What What was the the other one? The next one: singleness wastes your sexuality. Yeah. Actually, I guess this was also my favorite <laughs> chapter too. <laughs> um, I think particularly just because I think I think Pastor Sam Albury like really just I think brings such a clear gospel picture of singleness or just the um how beautiful like singleness can really be um and i think the quote that really just i think probably summarizes the entire book um and i think i, w- I would like to just read the quote because sure. i think it yeah i think it's like the the emphasis of the book um he says um if marriage shows us the shape of the gospel singleness shows us its sufficiency hmm. um i think that's probably like the quote that really is just a summary of actually like um this book in many ways um and again i think this relates to the myth that uh, like i guess the myth that we believe about singleness waste your sexuality um and he, i think he's making a very clear point that yeah like it, you you're not wasting your sexuality by choosing to be single or to be cel- and, and to be celibate um and I mean, there's so much stuff he says in the chapter that I can't, I don't think I'm, I'm unable to like really explain the best way, but um, I think realistically, I think the reason why I think singles can also show, I think, again, I think in the church and I think this is right to do because I think the world oftentimes can really like devalue marriage you know i think we start we're starting to uh, like really devalue the idea of covenantal marriage right like we see a lot of people cohabitating without really committing to each other and oh i mean we we see all sorts of right ways that we delay of marriage because of a basically a delay of growing up yeah right yeah trying Um, to bypass the the covenant Yeah. yeah and we're saying all we're saying here is that like singleness is not um perpetual adolescence like yeah. sing- singleness is a is a calling of a mature godly sacrificially loving uh person who's living for the lord right that's that's yeah. not like failure to launch right or yeah 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 and again i think that's another good point to like talk about but i think probably with actually this chapter i think what pastor sam elbury is really getting at is how I think when we see singles, you know, choosing to be, um, yeah, single and celibate, we're actually seeing a beautiful picture of how we're we're showing the world that's obsessed with sexuality that 
we're we're not like sexuality is actually not our greatest fulfillment that it's actually yeah. not um our biggest identity that um yes. christ is actually our yes. like fulfillment Amen. and i think that's a powerful like <laughs> uh witness to the world because um yeah i think i think that just comes off as such a, like a bizarre thing you know in a world that's like so obsessed with romantic and sexual um sexuality and so um and actually pastor sam albrecht i think in another interview just said that like i think the world has trouble like dealing with guys like him <laughs> mm-hmm. because you see someone you know who is same-sex attracted yet is completely satisfied and fulfilled in remaining celibate um and so i don't know i think i, I find that to be really um i think just like a like again a, another great source of blessing and uh yeah, that's great. That's a good reminder. True. So, and then the last one, the last myth is that singleness is easy. Yeah. Maybe we can close there. Like, what are some of the? It's not too hard. That was the first myth, right? Yeah. But it's not. You know that passage that you read about Mark from Mark, where Jesus says you'll have brothers and sisters and homes and with persecutions, right? Like, right. In this age, we've all been promised suffering and hardship and. Um, right how how does that overlay onto singles? yeah yeah i think this is where i really i think where pastor selma albrecht really brings in a lot of just his experience with being single i think he's in, he's in his like 40s or maybe 50s i'm not sure but yeah again i think just as like people might believe the myth that singleness is too hard i think sometimes people might see singleness as like oh that's so easy like you have all this time in the world. I think people might only like think of just the upsides of singles and <laughs> kind of dismiss some of the challenges of being single. Um, and realistically, I think this is where, yeah, I think he brings in the truth that there are aspects of singleness that it's really challenging. It's really hard. And I think some of those things is, you know, I think particularly what he brings into mind is being single, you don't have a lot of people who are, as committed um, to you as like, you know, married people might be or families might be. Um, mm-hmm. And so he's, in a way, I think singles are more vulnerable to, um, I think more often than not, people kind of leaving or like kind of removing themselves from, I guess, relationships with singles, not because something's going wrong, it's just that, you know, there's not really as that kind of commitment that, um, singles are able to experience uh yeah yeah and so but i think again um i think he says that it's still hard for him sometimes you know he says that it's there has been seasons for him where it's just really hard to experience that sense of lack of you know commitment from other people but yeah yeah but again yeah Yeah. it's that's just the life is hard right yeah life (laughs) is hard like there's as there's ups to singleness there's downs to singleness and just as there's ups to marriage there's also yeah. downsides of marriage and um and being yeah. married we have i mean i think in our our life we've it's not like we have all these great married friends that have stuck with us you yeah. know through right. everything it's there's been a lot of loss yeah. life in the city is full of loss of relationship but it, it that's probably exacerbated in different yeah. ways by by being single yeah but do you think that it's important or something that needs to be thought through more and celebrated more of having the singles uh living together hmm i never thought about that 
Um, well, the thing is, like, I feel like it depends. And I think in another interview with Pastor Sam Albury, he actually, like, talks about how, like, there's also different, like, seasons of singleness. And he kind of bases off, like, there's a different type of singleness, too. Like, there are um, people like me who are, like, in my early 20s where, I mean, a lot of my friends are married, but they're also still like a lot of people in my life were single as well kind of in my same age age range but there's mm-hmm. also singles who are like in their 40s and 50s who i think the only i guess like there's some differences for them and I, I i don't really like i haven't like explored this area yet to like really know what are some of the major differences but he goes even further to say like there are some married people who their spouses like tragically die and they now they're now single too and yeah, those are sure they're different yeah. types of wow. singleness and so mm-hmm. i think at least like for myself i think i've benefited a lot from like living with other singles for sure um and i think i would probably encourage like not everyone <laughs> I, uh, I don't like think a it's a legalistic like, rule. Yeah, I don't think it's like a legalistic rule, but I think there are benefits to I think yeah. living with other guys. Um yeah. but then again it's like I think it's easier for me in my like kind of mid to late twenties to do that. Um but I'm sure that's like a little bit different if you're maybe in your forties and fifties. Um I know a I know a guy on the on the north side who's in his sixties, he's been single all of his life. Yeah. And uh he's he kinda mm, runs like a discipleship house huh. he, he has a, a large house and has lots of people living with him and he invests he sees that as part of his ministry oh that's um, cool it is really cool yeah hmm yeah. well man this is i think been helpful i hope it i hope people that will listen or it, it sparks ideas for them it just also bring just brings up awareness we just need to be we can get so mm-hmm. kind of um in our own zone i mean it's so easy to get kind of consumed with your own life your own worries and stuff and we just need to be yeah. thinking outside of ourselves that's what living in a church body is supposed to be like yeah <laughs> it's not just like this thing that you go to on sunday and you sit with your nuclear family and feel you know like warm fuzzies and then go home and do your family stuff like it's really um, we're connected to each other. We're a part of this together, and we need to be looking out for each other and involving each other yeah. in our lives throughout the week. Yeah. And um, I hope those that are in our body who are single are encouraged and are encouraged to think through their singleness with more intentionality. Yeah. Those who are are married are also um, given just have their perspective widened and think through how to really benefit from not to pity or make some single person a project but just to to really see that they need them in their life and to yeah. to fold them in to their lives and that we kind of keep growing as a body yeah. and loving each other so yeah this was helpful yeah yeah same as again i am continuing to learn i think what singleness is and um i'm sure there's a lot more to learn yeah um but yeah, it's been helpful, I think, just even being able to kind of think through some of the things I've learned um, through this book. And yeah, hopefully, as everything as you said, yeah, I hope this is like a good way for yeah, people to continue, like both married and single people like to just think more about singleness. And um, yeah. Great. 
Well, brother, Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you as well. All right, thanks for coming on. And uh, everybody else, Merry Christmas to you. And we'll talk soon. Bye.